So welcome to today's episode of the Telltales Podcast. Today we have Tom Cripps in and he will be speaking about how Portsmouth University is working to improve accessibility. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm a senior educational technologist at Brackets Experience Design and I am currently working on improving um, the uh, accessibility provision across the uh, content producing community of the university. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, so could you start off by telling us what accessibility is and why it's so important? Accessibility, essentially, in, in the way that we're talking about it, is uh, mainly digital accessibility. Um, and the idea is, is that you include as many of your potential audience um, from the start. So uh, in terms of online content, that means creating things that uh, as many people can access and see and use as possible. The benefits of uh, making your content as accessible as possible um, essentially boils down to the more people that can see your content, the better. Um, and you're not going to create learning or any other sort of web content with the aim of um, getting it seen by as few people as possible. Um, so accessibility kind of goes beyond the scope of just making it available to people with um, kind of special uh, visual or auditory requirements. But actually, if you're making a piece of content accessible, um, everyone should find the benefits um, kind of tangible. All students should benefit from um, a, a greater level of digital accessibility. For example, if you add subtitles to your videos, this is a, this is a classic example, but our, I'm going to reiterate it. If you add subtitles to your videos, like we do with Panopto, then a student sat on a train um, in a noisy environment might get more out of that because they can sit and watch the video um, and read the subtitles, whereas a video without subtitles, they wouldn't be able to consume that content on the train because they couldn't hear it in a, in a very noisy train, obviously. But it's a very simple example, but it means that your content is more, um, more accessible and it's not always in terms of uh, a physical uh, disability. The other point to make is that in the long run, you save time because if you've spent uh, a bit of time whilst you're creating your content to make it as, uh, as accessible to as many people as possible, then if you get a request or if you get a student the following year that needs a, a kind of a special format or a, um, a different approach to, to your content, you've already done it. So you're, you're outlaying a bit of time whilst you're creating it to add subtitles or to um, create uh, a, an accessible Word document version of your lecture, for instance. But actually, in the long run, you've then got that document and it's there ready to use when you need it. Last but not least, we have to comply with the public sector bodies, websites and mobile applications number two accessibility regulations 2018, which um, is a, um, a piece of legislation which means that we have to meet a certain set of requirements with our digital content. Um, and that's what this uh, kind of push for accessibility has been about. So, Tom, how is the, the University of Portsmouth working then to improve accessibility across the whole of the university? We have Anthology Ally available on Moodle, which provides um, accessibility features for your Moodle 
uh, module. So that can detect various things from malformed Word documents or presentations. It can detect um, different uh, problems with images. It can even highlight if an image is likely to induce a seizure, which is uh, specific really to GIFs, um, but it will detect kind of repeating patterns and uh, different types of uh, problems with GIFs and images. Um, and it, it will do all the classic things like check that you've structured your headings properly and, and, and all of that. We also have created some kind of bespoke accessibility features. So there's accessibility block in Moodle, which was um, a development that we uh, added when we upgraded to Moodle 4, which enables you to change the background colors of your uh, your kind of your version of the module. So it, it doesn't affect anybody else. That's so if you want to have a, uh, a light blue background um, because you find it easier to, to read text on, you can do that. IS provide um, different accessibility sessions um, and it's it's really the the documents that the IS kind of provides accessibility advice on. So uh, Word documents, PDFs and uh, presentations. And they are currently our biggest issue in Moodle is uploaded files rather than kind of web content that's been added to Moodle. So we've got um, 2,510 PDFs currently as of this morning um, that have been scanned in but not optical character read. Now, that's out of nearly 30,000 PDFs. So it, it, it is a fraction. Um, and some of those will be uh, mathematical equations, which we do have a problem uh, kind of digitizing because of the way that the, the formulas are written out. But some of them aren't. Um, and so those, for example, could cause problems for people who need to use screen readers because the text isn't kind of read in as text. So it, it's not there. Um, and finally, what we're hoping to do in the future uh, is um, kind of adapt uh, Sculpt, which is a, uh, uh, an accessibility um, framework, I guess you would say, from Worcestershire County Council um, for use in the uh, teaching and learning environment. So currently, my, my main kind of project with accessibility is um, adapting their content um, and SCULPT is a, an acronym. It stands for Structure, Colour and Contrast, Use of Images, Links and Plain Language and Table Structure. I missed that last bit off the end there. Um, but that, that's essentially what it stands for. And the, um, the idea is it provides kind of a basic uh, set of, um, not instructions, but kind of a, 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 an idea for what you can do um, to just to make your, your content a little bit better. And the attitude that we're taking is that if everything is a little bit better, that will make a great difference kind of across the university. Thank you so much for that, Tom. And you've already spoken about Sculpt, but are there kind of documentations or bits of resources that staff and students can access about accessibility? Yeah, so we've got, um, well, we will have the sculpt resources, as I say, that, that that are coming and what hopefully they'll manifest in, but hopefully what I'm working on is the kind of, there'll be a website resources and then hopefully we'll be doing some training sessions and things to go along with those as well. So it'll be a kind of a two, maybe three pronged attack. I haven't really thought about it in terms of the kind of exactly what we're going to be offering, but at the moment, um, it needs to be kind of a um, like a workflow 
type thing. So they, there might be, uh, there should be some like e-learning course and stuff as well fit into that. There are a lot of accessibility resources and we've had a um, accessibility uh, site and we'll link we'll link all these rather than me reading out a url i think we'll link these in the the show notes that go along with this um but there's um various resources online and there's one sp- specifically um that i'm uh using it's kind of it's called it's web.dev forward slash learn for accessibility and they provide a lot of uh, different um, information and resources for accessibility but if you google if you just google accessibility um, you'll see all sorts of stuff um, the most useful probably are color contrast checkers where you can check um, the colors that you're using and make sure they're they're kind of visible to as many people as possible thank you very much tom um, that's really useful and really good to hear about all of the accessibility features so If academics are listening to this, what are a few simple things that they could do to instantly improve the accessibility of their resources? So I'm going to push Sculpt again on this one. Um, The the whole kind of idea of Sculpt is that they're kind of basic basic jobs that you can do to make um, your content better. So if we very quickly run through um, what Sculpt stands for, so Sculpt, uh, the S is structure. So for example, the best way to approach uh, creating a document, whether it be on the web or a Word document or, or even a presentation, actually, is to use headings and styles uh, in that document. So um, use titles and subtitles, and that gives your document structure, not only visually, but for um, uh, assistive technology like screen readers, because it makes it a lot easier for the screen reader to understand um, where uh, where it is in the structure, and then that can communicate that to the the person using the screen reader. Uh, the C is color and contrast. So uh, a good way to kind of check your your own work on this, if you like, is to imagine your document is printed in black and white. Um, does it still make sense? So if you're using color for a, a chart, for instance, if if one you know, if you're if you're if you've got good and bad columns, um, don't just use green for good and and red for bad because in a black and white situation, you don't know you can't see those colors, so you don't know. So label uh, as well as use color, um, and obviously um, check your kind of text is not um, clashing with background colors and the contrast is sufficient. And you can do that with with online. Uh, color contrast checkers which we'll link in the show notes as well the u stands for use of images so don't use humongous images that take a long time to download because that is an accessibility concern as well so if i go back to the train analogy if someone's sat on the train and they don't have great data or or they're in a different country and they don't have a a great web connection um they could be sat there waiting for this giant image to download and actually it's not necessary to be so big so Make sure your images, um, a general rule, um, an image for kind of a VLE learning doesn't need to be above the the file size of 150 kilobytes. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. In special cases, if you've got a big map that you need to zoom into, then then that's fine. But it, it generally speaking, 150 kilobytes is what you want to aim for. And and make sure things like alt text are, um, are visible because you can... Um, obviously uh, transmit the, the, the meaning of the image to um, uh, a screen reader uh, with alt text. Links. 
links are interesting because lots of links in a line that say click here or read more, for instance, might look good in your own content. But when um, a screen reader is reading them out, you just end this if you if you if you use a screen reader just to listen to to your content if you've got lots of click here links um then it will just read out click here click here click here click here and there's no context to those links um for for that user so the best practice is to not use click here or read more it's to um link um if you've got a a, a document name or, or or the reason for the document um, in your text, then link that piece of text. Um, likewise, don't use the full URL for links because the screen reader will read out the entire URL. And some of those URLs are really, really long. <laughs> um, and so you can be sat there listening to a huge URL for basically no, there's no value to, to hear that. Um, the next one is, is plain language. Use as plain language as you can. Avoid overly con overly complex language if you know i can even say it um keep it simple and to the point it's not really a lot else to say about that but if you're if you're kind of adding words for words sake then it it, it makes the whole thing a bit more complicated to understand uh, and the final the final letter is t that stands for table structure use tables to present data not to lay out documents or or web content for that matter so lots of lots of times you see word documents that have been laid out with a table um, that makes it pretty horrendous to listen to on a screen reader because a screen reader will use um, the, the table headings to um, identify those, those cells. Tables are, are really for data, um, so it's, it's something to be avoided if you, if you can. If you can navigate through the table with the arrow keys on your keyboard, i.e. going from cell to cell, then um, that's that's. At, generally speaking, an accessible table. If you start merging cells and you get stuck with your arrow keys, then you can imagine a screen reader would have a very similar problem. Um, so there's a, there's a few things you can do there. Um, the, in terms of practical advice, there's also some more kind of timekeeping advice of, of sort of trying to build these practices in as you create the content rather than revisit the content. So if you've got if you know that you're, you've got a, a large um, kind of change of, of content in one of your modules coming up, then concentrate on that. Make that content good. Go back and change old content if you have time, obviously, but if you concentrate on the new content, eventually you're going to get to everything. The, an alternative to that is to, to kind of just go back and revise the specific problem content. So if you, if you keep getting contact from students saying they can't access this or they need to do this and they can't do it with the format that you've got, um, then go back and revise that content. Don't worry, don't get overwhelmed by, by wanting to do everything all at once because it's easier, as we say, to make small bits better than it is to, to kind of uh, bog yourself down with every single piece of content that you've you've produced. The last thing I will say is um, ask for help if you need it. You've got online course developers in each faculty who are um, really, really helpful and will know what they're doing. So if you get stuck or you um, have a problem with some of your content, then just, just ask for help. That's the best advice I can give. Brilliant, Tom. Um, 
And thank you so much for coming in today. And I think that's really important that we're not all experts on accessibility um, and it's okay to ask about this. I mean, I've certainly learned a lot today from just listening to you, which has been really, really good. And thank you very much for that. So more information about accessibility will appear within the show notes and any of the the bits that Tom has spoken about, we'll make sure that we um, include those within the show notes. So thank you very much for listening today and we'll see you on the next time on the Telltales podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Telltales podcast. Please do check out the Telltales blog, which can be found at telltales.port.ac.uk. You can also follow us on our social media channels at TellPortsmouth on both Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast here, but also from major music streaming platforms such as Apple Music and Spotify. Additional information about our shows can be found written within our show notes. We thank you for listening and look forward to seeing you next time.